At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. What's up, folks? Welcome in. Late week edition, Hardwood Handicappers. You know the deal. Kelly Bidlin alongside. We have a good show on tap today. Some ridiculous rookies, troublesome trends to talk about. Uh, a lot to get to. Even though we just talked, right, about a couple of days ago, a lot transpires over the course of a couple of days. We haven't talked to Kelly for a week either. So get his thoughts on the week that has transpired since we talked to him last Thursday. But we begin every show like we always do. Some of the big news around the league. Hardwood headlines. First up. Damian Lillard, Kelly, uh, exits the loss to Miami the other night. He gets a strained calf. He's unlikely to play Houston on Friday. So I wanted to point this out for a couple of reasons. Uh, The first of which is I'm really interested to see what the betting market does, and I think this is a really good example of it, right? If you read, and I sent you in the rundown, I sent you the story, right? If you read the story, in there it says very specifically uh, that he's not planning on playing on Friday. Uh, it's like <laughs> it's stated very plainly. What I'm going to be interested to see is if the market lists him as questionable uh, as opposed to like going forward with the injury report, if he's listed as questionable as you move forward, uh, because we'll see the market react in odd ways, despite the fact that the information's out there. So it's a good example of tracking injury reports. It's also a good example of reading between the lines or just reading what some of these guys are saying, because when it comes to their availability, a lot of the times I'll just tell you the day before, if you're paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, I'm actually surprised to see even unlikely to play because some of the reports I saw flying around today was he'd be out at least one week. So I I guess, I guess I don't even know what's so questionable about it, but um, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's Damian Lillard. I I think there's with what the state of that franchise is right now, there's absolutely no reason to rush him back whatsoever. Right. I mean, it's still beginning of the season. Take all the time you need, make sure you're healthy before you come back here. The end. The other reason I want to bring this up. Did you bet Portland over? No, I no, I didn't. I I just think that we when we talked, uh, yeah, there, there, you know, talked a couple of weeks ago um, before the season about some of the futures and stuff. They're just a team I'm 
I, I think I'm higher on than than most, but no, I didn't make any bets on them. I didn't make any bets on them. I, I think they will be one of those teams that will be hanging around, uh, you know, that maybe that eight seed or you know, you know, around the play-in tournament area. Uh, I, I think they're going to be right there again this year. I, th- I think you and I discussed that a bit, and uh, you know, I, I I don't know what they're doing this year. You know what I mean? It's one of those yeah. the team's not good enough. They're going to push for a championship. Uh, but it's just good enough to, uh, you know, take you out of that area and t- get one of those top dr- uh, top guys in the draft. Yeah, there there was a wide range, like a like a wide spectrum of I thought that they could land within right for the season. Uh, like uh, I think I said this the other day when somebody asked me about it. If you were to tell me right now that either Portland was competing for the Victor Wembanyama stakes, right for a top pick, or you were telling me that they were competing for like the sixty in the West, not either outcome, they wouldn't surprise me, right? Like that, I think that would be like the yeah. thing with me when it comes to Portland. Uh, and, well, and I texted and, this. And Go ahead. Well, I was going to say when we talked, you know, we talked about you know just these potential tanking sense, uh, scenarios for Wembanyama. This is one that that I've kind of been repeating over and over again: is don't count out teams like this that might have that one star player or something that you think is a decent team that if somehow he suffers an injury early in the season and, you know, yes, I don't think we expect Dame to miss too much time here, but if, you know, if this was a more extended period of time injury, absolutely. These are the teams that, that, that you know, be on a lookout for that could go into the tank pretty early on. Yep. Now overnight lines are starting to appear here. And uh, by the way, he is officially listed as out. So I didn't, uh, that is, uh, my theory is not going to get tested when it comes to the market. But I will say this some overnight lines are popping up, and Portland is showing as a six point favorite. Uh, now, flash, okay, actually, no, I've refreshed it. So now it's down to five. Uh, either way, you're interested to see what the market does here because I have been on the Rockets their last two games, both against the Jazz. Rockets aren't terrible in Portland. Too. Uh, so right. Uh, well, we could talk about that momentarily because that second game, I thought that was wild. I still think I was on the right side. Oh, um, uh, but uh, Portland without Damian Lillard on the floor, a 91 offensive rating so far in this early season, and uh, with Anthony Simons on the floor without Damian Lillard, an offensive rating of 102.6. So the story, the picture I'm painting here is this Portland team is not good offensively as we have seen without Damian Lillard. I texted Mitch uh, when the when the injury happened when I was watching the game that I was like, "Ooh, I think Portland might be a bet against here as we move forward until Damian Lillard's going to come back because their offense kind of stinks." So tomorrow is a test of that theory because uh, in a short sample size has not been great. So you've been on the uh, we'll divert really quickly. You've been on the Houston Rockets. Uh, not even I don't think it's really pro Rockets, right? At least my angle was it was anti Jazz. Not at all anti Jazz. Yeah, anti Jazz. I did the same thing you did. I bet them both the last two games. Um, you know, got the bad number last game, took seven and yep. a half. So yeah, See, I was like, there's no <laughs> way the market's going to get any higher than this. I thought so too. I, you know, you know what? I think, I think that was the day we had you on a numbers game and we had seven and I was, I had a feeling it might go to seven and a half, but I thought it was going to hit resistance there. And it, I, I mean, I think I saw Circa get up to eight and a half. I don't yep. even know. I don't know if that's the most common number it closed at, but oh man, it was tough. It was just, it, it's just, I mean, these are, Jigsy, I know you didn't have have this planned through the show, but, you know, this is where you talk about key numbers in the NBA. And it's don't, don't, no, you shouldn't be going buying points or buying half points or anything like that. But recognize that you get upwards near 25% of the time games land in between five and eight. That was a good example last night of when you're playing the free throw game. This, you know, this is what you see. This is what happens. And it put your, you put, Puts you yourself in a situation as a as an NBA handicapper and a better 
that it's just you're relying on free throws to go your right way at the end. And, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't really go that way the other night for us. And, and, and you also, one of the hardest things to handicap in the NBA, unlike college, is our, how hard is this team going to try at the end of a game when, you, when they know they're going to lose, right? Like you get those college kids that are fouling to the last second and you're like, come on, man, you're down nine. Like, just give it up. Give it up. Like, the Rockets were kind of doing that the other night, too. You're like, oh, man, stop oh, fouling. Well, Please stop fouling. At least, see, for me, what drives me nuts, and this happens in the NBA a lot, is what teams will do is, and I thought the Rockets were going to do it last night, because they were down by, I think, six with about 24 seconds left when the foul game started. And what you'll see mm-hmm. teams do a lot is foul in that instance and then not even try the possession afterwards, right? Like, they'll just get the ball right, and dribble exactly. it out. And it's yes. like, why? Why did you foul if you weren't going to try to then subsequently score when you got the ball back? That's what drove me nuts. But I was surprised. And I would – look, I'll make the bet every time. And uh, obviously, like you said, it wasn't even just Circa. Westgate got to eight and a half as well. Uh, and those two, for people who are listening as well, if you don't have like a, like a full screen with like some of the global odds – uh, in front of you. If you want a good idea of where some of the respected global shops are at, Circa and Westgate will do a pretty good job, as, at least if I've noticed in the NBA market, of kind of mirroring uh, where those respected yeah. numbers are. So you get an idea, I think at least, of where the market is going to go when you track shops like that. But yeah, those two both got to eight and a half, and I was uh, I was very surprised with mm-hmm. that. But I would do it again, baby. I would do it again. Although That's right. That's right. the Rockets were down by, I think, 19 and came storming back. So that and we got there yeah. um <laughs> that's also yeah. yeah yeah we cannot finish yeah. that without stating that we also probably had no business of even having a chance at the bet but yeah <laughs> uh all right a couple more headlines to get to really quickly we'll, we'll lump these two together because they're kind of boring and not the biggest uh, but worth noting uh first of which is orlando magic are not going to have cole anthony for a while it's an oblique injury for anthony it's going to keep him out here for a little bit i do think this is important though kelly because one the magic are kind of like Sexy is not the right term, but there were a lot of sharper basketball minds who were excited about the Magic. Uh, they were, I think, a little bit of a sexy selection by the sharp market at the beginning of the season. We're still at the beginning of the season. Um, but this backcourt, dude, we're talking now, Markel Fultz was already out. Jalen Suggs was already out. Wow. Gary Harris was already out. Now Cole Anthony's out indefinitely for Orlando. Uh, this is a super talented front court, and we're going to talk about Powell and Ben a little bit later in the show when we do our first rookie report. Uh, but holy smokes, like – who they're having play guard at this point, it's going to be a mixture of Terrence Ross, R.J. Hampton, Kavon Harris. Uh, it's a nightmare for them at guard. Yeah, yeah. What, the, uh, it just amazes me when you, you get, what are, we, what are they, five games into the season? That's where they yep. are, right? Yeah, you've got this kind, these kind of injuries. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, this, this was a team I wasn't as high on as some other, as some other people were um, uh, heading into the season, and, and I heard it too, you know, from a lot of guys that I respect, definitely higher on this Magic team. I, I don't want to say I'm low on them either. I, they got a lot, they got a few nice pieces, a uh, few pieces you got to love. Um, it's just I think that overall power rating, I just don't have as high, nearly as high as some other teams. Yeah, yeah them and or them and Detroit were going to be they they kind of went hand in hand together because they were kind of similar teams, like on a similar uh, trajectory. Yes. Um, and I Detroit, would say I was obviously. higher on Detroit. I think I was, yep. I was higher on Detroit heading into the year. I felt, yeah, you. I think that's the great, great comparison because I feel like I heard a lot of guys on one or the other, and it was, yeah, and I was definitely higher on the Pistons than the Magic this year. And the uh, the Pistons kind of stink on defense. Uh, Washington Wizards okay. also. Uh, this isn't the biggest loss of the world, but uh, also worth noting. DeLon Wright out the hamstring injury. He's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. Uh, DeLon Wright is a pretty solid player for him. Uh, DeLon Wright, of course, is one of their primary backup guards. 
and he's been a solid defender. And when he's on the floor, their defense gets better. Uh, overall, when he's out there uh, on the floor, 103.8, their defensive rating uh, ranks among the 92nd percentile of qualified lineups. So he has a positive impact for this Washington Wizards team. So when they get to the bench, we'll see exactly what's going to happen. Uh, but right now, DeLon Wright just um, – you're not going to adjust any power ratings, but for those who are curious – very much wanted to mention that for you, but I wanted to get your thoughts yeah. on this. Oh, you got something here? I was just going to say they're, they're, they're like a team like the Blazers, right? They're gonna, they're going to play just well enough this year to, uh, you know, most likely hurt hurt their chances a lot in the lottery or not even in the lottery. Yeah, well, it's weird. So like, if you if you read a lot of stuff out of Washington and you understand, uh, by the way, I at one point um, had a had a really solid. I don't know if you know this, uh, Kelly. But Ted Leonsis, at one point, the owner of the Washington Wizards and other franchises out there in our nation's capital, uh, was a fan of yours truly, Jonathan Von Tobel, um, because because I would do hits during arena football games. And one of them was the Washington Valor, the arena football team I think that he owns. And so, like, they really liked the sports betting stuff. And I met his son one time. Like, they came out uh, to the studio. And I didn't get to meet Ted, but I got to meet his son. And he was like, oh, my dad loves it. I was like, tell tell Ted I said what's up. And – Tell him to look me up when he gets out here. Nothing ever came of that. That's great. You got to love the random compliments and fans that we get in this business. It's great. Like That's, that's a great story. That's a great <laughs> story. From your random arena league hits that you're talking to uh, right. Pentagon. That's awesome. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> All right. Now, I think this last headline is definitely worth building on a little bit. Um, this is from Ryan Butler, sports betting legislation, stocks, and other gaming news for iGaming Next. Uh, I thought this this kind of went like with not a lot of hoopla, and maybe I'm just kind of a nerd, and I I, I kind of stuck to this one. Uh, FanDuel is going to become the first U.S. sports book to receive official live NBA player tracking data from Sport Radar. Butler reports two companies mm-hmm. announced that earlier. Uh, it's going to be new individual player props and single game parlay betting options when the deal begins next season. So. What this means, I think at least, and I, and I tweeted about this, and again, I got like one like because nobody cares about that stuff. Um, <laughs> so the, the NBA has, if I always say this, because I'm a big fan of cleaning the glass, right? It's only five yeah. bucks a month, good statistical website for tracking data and you know impactful numbers for guys on and off the court, all sort of things. Um, no, but, if awesome. the, the, but if I you mean, want the... We both, you, go ahead. we both use it a ton. I mean, we both yep. use it a, a ton when it comes to our NBA handicap. Great site but, if you don't want to pay for it, then I think the the next best thing is the NBA's own sets, like the stats for the NBA mm-hmm. that they keep in their own website. It's amazing. It is out of all of the major leagues, I would say uh, they have the best free like league run site in terms of statistics I've seen. I absolutely love it. Yeah, one I agree. of the things it, they it's have. Uh, it's an NBA and then and then the PGA Tour to me. I'm, I'm saying, oh yeah, you. like yep. those two yep. are those two are so far above like any any other pro league in my opinion. And so what the what they have is player tracking data, and among that is a lot of stuff. And I'm not sure what they'll use as props, but the first like tangible thing that I thought of immediately, they track catch and shoot attempts. And I think that this would open the door now uh, for FanDuel to offer stuff like, and I think this would be interesting markets to put up. I over under catch and shoot three point attempts or three point makes uh, for Mike Conley in a game, for example, or you know over under catch and shoot. Um, John Morant catch and shoot three point attempts or just overall attempts, right? Like you can track, they have tracks for drives to the basket over under drives to the basket for John Morant in a single game. It opens the door for those sort of props. And I'm, I'm just really curious, like what FanDuel does in terms of offering those things, how popular they actually become and how intricate they can get. Because like I said, there is a tangible Mm -hmm. number for all of these things that we're talking about. Kelly, they track passes 
and deflections on the NBA website. It is a number that you can go and grab. And like those are the kind of things like I would be amazed to see for a oh. game, Boston Celtics over under, you know, 300 I don't know for a game I can't think off the top of my head but like 302 passes you know for the game like you could start to offer these things but I do wonder what they will start to like sift through and start to offer because I think you're going to start to see more stuff like this with this deal yeah James Harden dribbles uh yeah we can bet on over under that yeah that'll be fun uh no, it's the you know it is very interesting and you're right I'm sure it's not it's not a note it's not a note anybody's going to care about until it becomes available but we don't right. one thing we know already is the is the same game parlay handles are ridiculous across the rest of the country. We don't really get we don't get to do it in Nevada. It's no fun Nevada. Uh, but you know the same game parlays are already ridiculous. So more options that you can add into those, um, you know, is better, right? The more things we can bet, the better for us, right? So it's, it's more ways for us to be able to attack uh, a game in a certain way if we see an, an edge in you know uh, the way the game's going to go. So I, I think it's huge for us as betters, and I'm I'm just I'm curious to see how it plays. I'm also curious if it means more uh, more access to in-game player props, right? Like that's mm-hmm. something that you know we've seen pop up in the past couple of years, but it's hard to uh, you know it's hard to often we we talk about you know hard enough jumping in live in a game on a side or a total and picking the right time to do that and player props. Uh, you know, you'll see these books post them, but they, you know, they're blinking on and off and on and off so quickly because they're getting, they're, you know, they're scared of the exposure they could obviously get on them. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what this does. Great. According to, and this is like I said, go to go to NBA stats, uh, NBA.com/stats/players, and you can you can go to the tracking subcategory. Uh, for example, Aaron Gordon through five games has run 11,281.4 feet. Like, that's the stuff they track. So <laughs> I, I, I hope, I wish that they would do stuff like this. I think it would be absolutely hilarious. Average, can you imagine, like, because people already nowadays, Kelly, complain about, like, oh, that was a rebound. You should have you counted that as a rebound. That's ridiculous. I want a refund. You should pay out my ticket. Can you imagine oh, yeah. if, like, a year, because this doesn't kick in until next year. Like, next year, FanDuel is going to get angry tweets about, that was seven post touches. Not six. Right. What's going on here? <laughs> I bet over this. Oh man, no, you're totally right. I'm just like, yeah, I'm looking through some of them now. You're absolutely right. It's like the uh, or like fast break, you know, uh, fast break points. You know, if you're betting that prop yep. or something, and it's like, okay, well, uh, did the defender get back just enough for it not to be counted as a fast break point or something like that? I yeah yeah you. You're right. This is uh, I think it's going to lead to a lot more betting options. But yeah, people will probably be a lot more upset about how things get counted because they're just notice- noticing it now for the first time now that they have money on. Oh yeah, baby. All right, we'll take our break here. Uh, on the other side, let's take a look at uh, some of the young guns out in the league and what they've done up to this point with our uh, first rookie report of the season. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. All right, we're back. Now, we, we're going to introduce a lot of different uh, benchmarks, I think, for the podcast, Kelly. And so you, this episode, it is the first one uh, that we're unveiling a couple of these other things. 
And there's a lot of awards, but I think the rookies are a lot more fun to keep track of. Uh, so right now we're going to play some fancy sound. I can't wait for this. This is why I'm a production nerd because I used to be a producer. So I do like these sort of things as we take a look yeah. at the rookies and uh, what they've done up to this point. Rookie report. All right. Rookie report. Uh, Bahalo Bancaro is where we're going to start. Now the favorite to win the award at DraftKings, Kelly, minus 140. Uh, for those who don't know, that's an implied probability of 58.3%. This is where I wanted to start. I put this in the notes, and so I will just ask the question the way I posed it. There is no way he should be favored by this much right now, right? Not at all. Not, like, it's, it's obscene. I, it, and it's funny because it's – I'm so glad you put this in here because it's not even something I – I've checked, you know what I mean, in the first two weeks, right? It's like, wait, wait, like I don't know. I don't need to go check in on rookie of the year odds, really. How much how much of a swing could there possibly be? Oh, wait, all the way down to minus 140? It's absurd. It's un, like it's unbettable. I, I hate to say words like that, but that is – it is not something that anybody should bet right now. At minus 140, no way. There's way too much season to play. There's, there's injuries that's going to happen. And all these teams are gonna are going to be changing a ton over the next several several months. I, I just it, it's it's an absurd number. Um, now, does it bring some value to the rest of the guys in this market? Right. And I think that's probably where we probably where we want to go from here. But yeah, I, that, that minus one forty is just. bancaro has been amazing. I expect him to have a big year. Yes, he should be the front runner to win this award, but not by this much. So, uh, and you're right, because Paolo Bencaro, uh, if you look at his game logs, and he set some sort of record, uh, like, you know, consecutive 20-point games to start his career. Um, it has not been done, at least the way that he – you can tell I was really into the stat because I remember it. Uh, but he has scored 20-plus points in his first five games of his career, and uh, that has been done, uh, we'll call it, very few times. Um, but the reason why I wanted to bring this up and, and talk about this is because you hit it on the head. The fact that Bencaro is now an odds-on favorite does open the board for a couple of guys. Uh, you know, we can go to like Benedict Matherin, who has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, if you look at some of the yeah. shooting numbers uh, right now, second most three-point attempts among rookies behind Jabari Smith Jr. He's shooting, though, 38.7% Matherin is. He's averaging 20.8 points per game. Um, he's been awesome for the Indiana Pacers. He has picked up right where he left off. I got to watch him up close in summer league. He's been absolutely tremendous. Uh, but for me, the, what I have watched up to this point, Kelly, and you mentioned – uh, that you were with me, so I'm assuming that you watched just like I did the last couple of nights. Jabari Smith Jr. stuck out quite a bit in those two games against the Utah Jazz, and his numbers oh, yeah. by no by no means are awful. Uh, right now, I got him at 14.2 points, 7.4 rebounds per game. They're asking him to do quite a bit defensively and getting him involved with a lot of these plays. He brings the ball up the court. He's got the ball in his hands quite a bit. His defense is translating to the NBA. You know, you don't really like a lot of like the giving him the ball and letting him work in isolation. He's not much of a shot creator yet, but he really, I thought out of all the players in those games that I, in those two games that I watched between the Jazz and the Rockets, he jumped off the screen, I thought, quite a bit. And I was pretty impressed with him, especially after what happened in Summer League where he was kind of eh to start his Summer League career. He's at 16 to 1 at DraftKings. He's got to shop around for a number, but like that's a guy I think that sticks out to me that might be the benefit uh, of a very watered down price on Paolo Bancaro. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a big number on him. You, you can't knock that one at all. I think he laid it out well. I, and one of the first things I go to look for uh, when I'm looking at rookie of the year stuff is we, we always know that the, the I mean the scorers are going to stand out, right? Like that that is so right. often who this award goes to is just really who is the rookie who scored the mo who scored the most scored the best, uh, you know, during their rookie season. Um, 
and look, I, and, and one of the, I mean, this early in the season, all I'm looking at is field goal attempts, right? But he, he's a little over 13 field goal attempts per game right now. But like you said, he's having over, aver, uh, averaging over seven rebounds. I think there's definitely some value there on a 16, uh, uh, on a 16 to one. I mean, look, Matherin and Keegan Murray being at the odds that they're at, uh, I think is fair. Because again, you go you go and look at that and just how much how much they're shooting the ball. I mean, Keegan Murray's sixteen three attempts in just uh, you know two games. Uh, you know, I think that's something to keep an eye on. We've obviously been, seen Ben uh, Matherin heavily involved in this offense. Uh, you know, 27, 25, 31, 28, 28 minutes per game. That's big, um, and then averaging fifteen field goal attempts per game. Uh, you know, with twenty, you know, averaging over twenty points per game right now, I think that's huge. So I don't, I wouldn't even have a problem uh, with people taking, a, you know, one of those guys at the prices they're at. I think the one I wanted to bring up with you, uh, and I'm not running to bet any of those. I think right now, but it's obviously interesting to keep your eye, keep your eye on how these, how these numbers do adjust because you just blew my mind a little bit. That Ben Carroll was all the way down to minus 140 already mm-hmm. this early into the season. So who knows? Maybe that number keeps climbing and you're going to get even, you know, even, uh, even longer a number on some of these other guys. The one guy I want to bring up who I, you know, is not, it's not like he's had a, a stellar start to the season or anything, but, and, you know, if Dame Lillard misses some time, you do maybe it. it's even more time than we think it is. Shaden Sharp, the guy we all had the question marks about heading in, and into the draft, how good could this kid be in the NBA? Forty-five to one—that's a long number on a guy that you know. I mean, I, I can tell you pretty confidently right now, JVT, that number's only going to get shorter over the next week. So I yeah. think if this is this might be a buy point for him. If you were interested on in uh, embedding him in this market preseason, I think this could be a buy point right now with Lillard heading to the bench, uh, you know, for at least a game. But we think it's going to be a little bit more than that, even. Uh, you know, he got 21 minutes at, uh, last night against Miami, uh, five for 12 from the field. But those minutes are going to go up without Lillard, without Lillard in the lineup. So that's an interesting one to me. I, I'm not, I'm not running, not running to bet it yet. But I just think for there was a lot of, a lot of buzz for him right coming in, coming into the season, uh, not fully knowing what he was going to be as an NBA prospect in this rookie in this rookie season. But if Dame's on the bench, this guy's going to get just as much action as some of these other guys that we're talking. about. Dude, the other night, I think it was the Miami game. Might have been the Nuggets game. I can't remember. Either one, one of those two contests. He went up for a layup, Kelly, and he's so explosive. He jumped too high and almost smacked his head <laughs> on the bo- on the backboard and like had to adjust midair and totally messed up his shot. Like he was too explosive to the point where he screwed up his own shot at the basket. But like that's kind of what you're watching. Like he there's times where he looks like the smoothest dude on the court. I, I like, that's a really good one. And I, I am with you. I think you can sit back and wait. It might just, I don't know what's going to happen with his role. Cause you can mention the minutes haven't been up there, but he's got the potential, man. Like I think they did yeah. a really good job of like grabbing him because I like, I think I told you that story that one summer league shot will live in infamy in my brain. Cause I saw him shoot I hit that shot from the baseline right in front of me and then go yeah. to the locker room and get injured. Uh, and I, I was so intrigued. I want to see more of him. Uh, he looks crazy good. So I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm gonna it, definitely watch him. Yeah, if there was one, like if we had to, if we had to make a bet right now on this show, yes. this market, that's the bet. I, that's the bet I would actually be making. Yeah, just, I like just it. to take a shot at the longer shot and and see where it goes over the next couple of weeks of games. 
Uh, for those who don't know, too, by the way, to run through uh, the rookie leaders right now, at least in terms of points per game, Paolo Bencaro, 24 points per game, Benedict Matherin at 20.8, Keegan Murray at 17.5, but Murray's only gotten into two games so far, uh, Ivy with Jaden Ivy, and that's one we should talk about, too, really quickly, because Ivy's been really good so far, uh, yeah. Jaden Ivy at 16 points, four rebounds, and five and a half assists per game, uh, he has looked like a perfect fit there in Detroit and has fit really well with him, and then, of course, Jabari Smith at 14 and seven, they're actually right now only five rookies who are averaging double-digit points. And I will bring my, I'll bring in two big guys because big guys never get any credit. But I'll bring two forwards here that deserve some love with the way that they have been playing. And one of them I have an 80-to-1 ticket on. Uh, but Jalen Duran has been really good. I think the Pistons have done a really good job uh, with what they have done in terms of drafting their young guys and, and taking the shots that they did. And uh, Jalen Duran, oh, of yeah. course, one of those guys. Looks absolutely solid so far. And uh, – Tari Eason has looked kind of solid too, man. Uh, he's averaging seven and six. We'll call it eight and six uh, through the early part of the season. He's been a big part of what the Rockets have been doing. They trust him on defense too. So we'll see how much that uh, translates. But those are the notable names and some of the stats. And then the rest, it's kind of hard to get excited about some of these guys because they haven't really done much. So I think those are probably yeah, I, through the first week, the guys to note. Ivy's interesting. I, I guess I, I have a question for you. Do you think that because I don't really know the last time that we've seen this that I can remember, but you think there's any chance that uh, voters get distracted maybe by two good rookies on the same team and that maybe eats votes away from each other? Oh, I think so. I think the one, the one thing that would work in the favor of Ivy is that he's a guard and there are simplistic media members who can't see past guard play. You know what I mean? Like Jalen Duren can come in have have a bigger impact, be awesome on the boards, be better defensively, have a better statistical impact. But if Ivy averages 16 and whatever, he'll get more votes yeah, because he's a guard matter. who's averaging 16 points, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Yep. In other words, media members are stupid. I don't want to say it out loud, but I kind of <laughs> had to do it, you know? Uh, all right. I'm so, and, oh, by media members. <laughs> and uh, well, I'm not the super one, of course. Uh, also <laughs> worth noting, NBA.com's rookie ladder. This gives you an idea kind of where the media is at. Uh, Paolo Bencaro, number one, Benedict Matherin, number two, Jabari Smith Jr., number three, Jalen Duran, and then Jaden Ivey, four and five. So to your point about rookies distracting from one another, NBA.com rookie ladder at the very least has the two Pistons players uh, and the big guy, Duran, ahead of Jaden Ivey right now. So as I say, media yeah. members are dumb. What in, one media member says Duran's been the better rookie. So very much worth okay. monitoring. All right. Got something new for you tier two, okay? I've got five kind of statistical, I will call them, I don't know if they're anomalies, whatever it is. And you're going to tell me whether these things are sustainable or unsustainable as we move forward in a brand new benchmark here on Hardwood Handicappers. Trends or trash? First one I have for you. Charlotte, Golden State, Memphis, and New Orleans. All 4-0 to the over this season, Kelly. Is this a trend or is it trash? Um... Trend, yeah. Trend, I, I, I trend. I, I don't. I think it's maybe unfair for us to group all of them together when we talk about okay. this going. Forward, and I think so but... too. So you, you can, you can so like sort them out. Like which ones you think are the ones that will stick here, and the ones that maybe will fall off. Uh, I think that Charlotte. I would expect a lot of overs out of Charlotte, Memphis, and probably New Orleans. I'd throw in there too. I think Golden State. You know, up there right now. You just look at. Just look at pure pace, right, to the top team in the league right now. Um, 
you know, I, I, I think that the totals on them, I would expect to balance out more. Uh, but I mean, I mean, I think Memphis, uh, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. out. Um, I mean, I think between them, them and Charlotte, I, I, I don't know if I expect them. I mean, a we know they're play, they play best when they aren't when they're playing more up tempo. And I don't know how much how much defense I fully expect out of either one of those teams uh, through the you know throughout the season. No, I, I would agree. Um, and for Memphis, their depth keeps getting banged up. Uh, we have yet to see Danny Green. You mentioned Jaron Jackson. Zaire Williams, it was just announced that he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, and John Conchard now all of a sudden dealing with a shoulder injury. So we'll see if that kind of uh, kills him a little bit. But I think you're, for Memphis, and this is the reason why I wanted to bring them up too, uh, as of Thursday night when we're recording this, 120.7 points per 100 possessions allowed in non-garbage time minutes. That is dead last in the NBA in terms of their defensive rating. <laughs> it has been bad for them defensively. I mean, it's been, they're, they're going to be a fun team to watch this year, you know, with Jaw yep. and, and everything. And I, I think Jaw, uh, I mean, I think he he is going to have one of those MVP-type-like seasons. But, um, yeah, I think this could be ugly on the defensive side for a while there. So, I yeah, I don't – I don't. I don't think they're going to slow down uh, much in that department. I don't think Charlotte will. Um, New Orleans and Golden State. I think you're going to see that balance out a bit more. Yeah. Can I just say the one more note on Memphis too? Um, remember, they lost Kyle Anderson. They lost Anthony Melton. Those are two important key, like important cogs for how good they were defensively and how good they were defensively last year without John Morant. So those guys aren't coming back. Right, Jaron Jackson Jr. is coming back at some point. Those two aren't, and it was part of the reason why I bet this team under their win total of fifty-one. And it's going to be—it's a very big reason uh, why so far they've been so bad defensively. But I think I agree with you in all the teams. I think the one wrinkle or the fly in the ointment, I guess, if Charlotte is a team that is going to regress in terms of its scoring and pace and the, right. the points that it's giving up, uh, it's the fact that uh, Gordon Hayward and his bad haircut along with Terry Rozier, have been oh, rumored God, to awful. be uh, – it is bad. Uh, but they've been rumored to be part of some trade packages, like on the way out from Charlotte. And those are two of the guys yeah. that like, give them a good boost in terms of scoring, and maybe all of a sudden they start to stink. Those two guys are gone. Their offense sucks, and maybe their defense is still terrible, but their offense can't keep up. Uh, but so far, I think, I think you're right on uh, with those, at least in terms of calling them a trend. All right, next up. And uh, actually, these this team's playing right now, so we'll see if this trend actually breaks, although scoring did seem to die down here in the third a little bit, but no, not so much. Um, I bet the Clippers-Thunder game today over the total, Kelly. This Clippers team 4-0 to the under this season, though. So Clippers 4-0 to the under this season for their first four games. They're playing tonight, though. Is that a trend or trash? I'm, I'm going to go uh, – see, I'm going to go trend, but all with all of these – we we have to put in the caveat that we expect the sports book to adjust numbers, right? Right. So gonna, so like in, in, you're right because I should say like that when I say trend or trash, right? I, I just mean is there substance to this? Is there something here that is yes. worth monitoring as we move in, forward and seeing if the books are going to adjust? I do not mean go bet every Charlotte Memphis game over right, the total, right? right? Yes. It's I just, hey, I just think this we need is happening. Keep an eye, yeah, keep an eye on it and see if the books adjust. But go ahead, go on. No, I think I think we just need to say that. But yeah, it's the for me it's trend it's trend, right? It, it is I mean when you look early on, uh, you know, at this team, you're talking about what one of the, you know, worst of, worst offensive teams actually in the league right now, right? Twenty ninth in uh points per one hundred possessions over a clean glass, fifth fifth on the defensive side of the ball in that department. So 
Um, I mean, I think I, I don't think there's any reason to really think that's going to change much. This this is what we expect out of the Clippers, right? I, I mean, they have a, they are going to be a solid defensive team who's going to do a lot of damage in the half court uh, with Kawhi and Paul George and some of the other pieces that they have. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you're going to see slow, uh, slower paced games. Um, yeah, they're, they're a team. Yes, that's not that's that's going to play very. I expect to play very good defensive ball throughout this entirety of the season, and I expect that's why they're going to be one of the better teams in the league. But yes, they are going to be as far as total scores go on the lower end. Yep, I agree with all that. And remember too, for a good chunk of the year last year, uh, they were well into the bottom half of the league in offensive efficiency too. Uh, the offense has just kind of been a problem. And with Kawhi Leonard, I mean, doing this weird thing coming off the bench, I do have to note yeah. it is kind – like I'm always very pro player and them taking care of their bodies and whatnot. It is kind of odd that they're doing – like they're taking it back this slow. Like it does make me think that the ACL injury was a little bit more serious than it was initially reported. Remember, it was supposed to be like a partial ACL tear, not a full one. Right. Uh, but the way that they're bringing him back like insanely slow – uh, he didn't play tonight, even though it's not the front or back end of a back-to-back for the team. Um, I believe he's back of, in LA, right? Yeah, it's kind of weird. It, it's a little weird. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill so, the guy. A lot of people are like, I got a lot of people in my DMs because I'm a Clipper fan, and uh, in my uh, in my mentions, like, Yo, cool, what are they paying for? He sucks. And I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. But I just find it odd that they are handling it in this way. Yeah, I I think the the more concerning. The most concerning part to me was just seeing, yeah, was seeing that he needed to go back to LA and see a doctor. They were he wasn't even really going to, uh, uh, you know, be a part of the team right now. That that was the part uh, that concerned me more than their plan of rolling him in. I mean, obviously, I was surprised by him in that first game to see him not come in until the mid, you know, middle of the second quarter. Um, you know, but but I actually think that's kind of a smart plan. If that means if that's how you're going to attack load management instead of him having having to miss a ton of games, right? You actually keep him in the flow, keep him in the flow of the offense, the defense, the team in general, and he's just coming in later in the game, therefore playing less minutes over the course of the season. I actually liked it when I first saw it and first started kind of thinking about it. But to your point, now I'm starting to wonder: okay, is there really more of a problem here? that we need, we all need to keep an eye on uh, with this team. All right, next one. Trender Trash, Dallas, leading the league in non-garbage time offensive efficiency, 121.2 their offensive rating coming into tonight in their game with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I, Trent, I know, I know I should just be saying this. Uh, I know I should be firing them off rapidly here. But, like, I think Trend, I, I mean, this is a team – this is a team I was higher on last year, JBT, heading into the year than I was this year. No bets for me, uh, you know, around this team this year. But, you know, it's yes, is it Luka Doncic and a bunch of dudes? Yes, it is. But they got a bunch of dudes that can play. And I, I think I was I was pretty high on the Christian Wood pickup. And you're really seeing that pay off. UNLV's own right Christian I, Wood, baby. There you go, man. Like, I haven't, I haven't seen what he's doing tonight. But, you know, through three, you know, through three games – 24 point over 24 points over eight rebounds a game. It, it, you know, I, I think that's big. And I think he's a huge addition for this team down low. Pairing with JaVale McGee, uh, they, you know, the, in the front court, you've got Maxi Kleba down there. Um, you know, there's a lot of scoring to go around. If t- you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is healthy. Spencer Dinwiddie in there. Reggie Bullock in there. I, I don't know, man. They, they might be a little bit better this year than I even expected. So I, 
Um, yes, I think that's going to continue. I am. Uh, I'm going to go trash. I'm going to throw okay. it in the garbage. I just think so. The thing that has bothered me about Dallas is their roster construction. Because I think you're right on all the points, right? In terms of the scoring to go around. My problem is that every person you named is not exactly outside of like Christian Wood and Spencer Dinwiddie. They're not shot creators. And that's what kind of yeah. like turned me off about Dallas coming into this year. Their guard position is kind of a little bit of a mess. Like you even look at guys who got into this game here today. Uh, so we're talking about their starting lineup, Doncic, Dinwiddie, McGee, Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith. And then coming off of their bench, Kleba, Tim Hardaway, Chris Wood, and uh, and uh, Green. Josh Green or Jalen Green? Josh Green, right, I think. Uh, Josh I Green, his yeah. First name. Yeah. Uh, those, like those, who's the playmaking guard outside of the one, the two that we know? That's what kind of worries me over the large sample size of what this offense is going to look like. Is I, like unless Luka Doncic is going to have that MVP type year, which is very, it's very possible. I, I think that this offense is going to hit a wall at some point. It's great that they've gone off here, but we kind of saw them hit that wall a little bit when they when they uh, blew that game against the Phoenix Suns, right? Um, yep. I think that kind of worries me when we're moving forward with what this team is going to be offensively. Like right now, even in the fourth quarter, there's 3-11 left. I haven't watched a second of this game. I'm going to watch it later tonight. They've only got 16 points in this fourth quarter, and uh, Brooklyn's taking the lead right now. Like that's what kind of worries me about Dallas. So I'm going to go trash. I think – I'm not going to say they're abhorrent offensively, but I think that they're going to fall down the standings uh, a little bit. All right, another one to get to. Uh, we'll move a little bit quicker here. I'll eliminate the last one um, in, in the sake for time. But I have one more I wanted to ask you because I think this is important to note. Boston. 23rd in non-garbage time defensive efficiency. Uh, 117.8 per 100 possessions allowed. Trend or trash? Uh, trash. I, I mean, this is, not, this is not something that's going to happen, uh, you know, throughout the season. Obviously, missing Robert Williams is massive. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you. I think it's a trend for that reason. It is a trend until Robert Williams comes back. How's that? Sure. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I think you could say it like that. Yeah, I think the uh, – you know, depending on how people view these teams, I also think you need to look at who they played. I mean, Philadelphia, Miami, Orlando, Chicago. It's not exactly, uh, you know, not exactly the greatest teams in the league, but they're also that, that's not an easy, you know, an easy four teams to get on, uh, to start the season off against either. So, uh, yes, I think I think that they, I understand what you're saying, and I I think I would say that as well. Until he gets back, this could be an issue. Um, but no, I, I no, I even I even expect this. I expect this to come down even with Robert Williams still out of the lineup. Yep. So another one we disagree on. Uh, all right. We'll kick him <laughs> off the show. He's not allowed on the podcast anymore. This is a Stephen, please make a note. This is the last one with Kelly. You can limit out production. All right. Before we get out of here, uh, my last trend or trash is going to be New York ranking fifth in bench scoring. I'll say really quickly. I think that's a trend. I love this bench. I love the young pieces they have. Uh, I think this is going to be a legitimately good unit really quickly. You, would you agree? Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Okay. I like this New York team. Uh, they are part of, before we get out of here, our quick Friday look ahead. I will give you the floor. Uh, it's a full slate on Friday. For some reason, Wizards Pacers has a primetime game. Uh, but among the top games we're going to see on Friday, Cleveland on the road against Boston. I cannot wait to watch that. Philly will take on Toronto once more. New York at Milwaukee all of a sudden becomes really intriguing given how good this bench has been for the Knicks as we discussed. Uh -huh. And then uh, New Orleans at Phoenix loses a little bit of intrigue if uh, the Pelicans are not going to be at full strength, but still an intriguing game nonetheless. Uh, Friday, anything stick out to you? Yeah, I'll definitely be monitoring the injuries, injury statuses uh, for the Pelicans because that, that is a side I, I could be interested in. The one bet I already have written down for tomorrow is Jared Allen over 
uh, rebounds or and or uh, either rebounds or points and rebounds. I'm going to play that uh, with them at Boston. That's something I have been attacking uh, early on here in the season. Actually, uh, John meant to bring meant to bring this up to you. I, I was tracking this earlier. Up until the night, uh, I think I think my Warriors bet tonight now ties it at least that I have I have made as many player prop bets on rebounding props, player props, as I have on all other bets combined. And, and it's just and it's just a I think it's the state of the NBA where you have some teams with these true true centers and then other teams that have nothing really up front. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And, and there's. So I feel like some of the sportsbook numbers have not quite caught up uh, to, it, just to realize in some of these mismatches. So it's it, it's a it's a market I've been picking on pretty heavily to begin the season and, and, and having a lot of success in it because the, the rest of the rest of my bets have been kind of up and down here to start the year. Um, so that's what I've already got circled. Uh, we see Jared Allen, Jared Allen have a couple uh, pretty big games the last couple games um, with with the deficiencies the Celtics have down low. Al Horford's still dealing with an injury. Yes, he'll play, but he's kind of been playing through it. Uh, no Robert Williams. I like that matchup down low uh, for Jared Allen in that game. So that's a bet I'm going to be making. Uh, trying to think. I, I'm with you. If that Knicks number, if I if I can catch a seven and I see, I think I might see one in town. That, I think that's going to be a bet for me tomorrow night. Yeah. Bucks on uh, the I'm front gonna... end of a back-to-back, I believe. Yeah, they've got the Hawks on Saturday. I, I I like that one at seven or more. It's uh it's funny. I have been I've been I've been told I'm very anti New York, which I am. I mean New York can get over itself. The city's not as cool as he thinks as it thinks it is. Um, <laughs> and the the franchises have been largely outside of uh, the Yankees. Uh, jokes in almost every single sport. Uh, I won't speak for hockey because I don't really watch hockey. Um, yeah. Although the Rangers, what they made a run last year, so I won't make fun of them. Uh, they got good goaltenders. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They do. Um, but no, I like this. I like this Knicks team a lot. And um, they're really fun to watch. Their bench is super cool. It's super young. It's hip, uh, as the kids would say. But I'm with you. If that number starts climbing, uh, one overnight flashed at seven and a half. But sometimes you get these weird, like, shops will take their positions and then they'll, like, move pretty yes. quickly. Uh, so we did see a rogue seven and a half flash on the board. But six, six and a half dominating right now. We'll see if that seven, seven and a half pops up. I'm with you. I'm going to sit back, see what the market does. If this continues to climb, remember, Milwaukee's still, their top three small forwards are all still out. <laughs> and like, yes. they, they have had some rough offensive outings early in this season. So I would agree with you. And I want to see what happens with this, uh, as we mentioned at the top, Houston Portland game, uh, because there's a six out there. There's also fives out there. So I want to see what the market does uh, with no Damian Lillard and uh, the disrespected Houston Rockets after a two game set with the, uh, the Utah Jazz. Yeah, the Knicks Knicks plus seven at Boyd right now, so that's okay. actually up in go. town. But but just watching the market, these are obviously very very early on us recording this at, uh, you know, this is not uh, nine fifty one Eastern time right now, six fifty one Pacific. A lot of these openers just coming out, but I'm seeing even just at William Hills, you know, William Hill slash Caesars, uh, you know, like this just ticked up from six to six and a half. So I'm gonna hold off for now, um, you know. Uh, which I'm going to try not to make the same mistake I made with the Rockets the other day. And uh, we'll see, we'll see where this goes. Cause it's only, it looks like it's only going up right now, but I think, I think it's seven or more. That's a, that's a fair play on the Knicks. 
you and I both, my friend, I got a, I got a couple of like, hey, great call on, on the Rockets and the market being wrong. It was like, I, it was a great call if I got the right number. I'm glad you did. So, right, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> exactly. Hey, at least you guys are reading the reports. I appreciate it. Uh, by the way, speaking of, uh, vcin.com slash JVT, daily market reports all the way through the NBA season's end. Uh, I got the official verdict from up top every day. So every single day of Get the it. NBA regular season. Those will be up there on the website, vcin.com slash JVT. And remember, like, rate, review, subscribe. Before we get out of here, do you have anything else for the people, Kelly Bidlin? No, I don't. But check out those daily articles from JVT. I don't, I get, you get them nice and early, early in the morning. I like it. I've checked them out the past couple of days. Uh, great stuff from you, my friend. Do you like, the, uh, do you the, like the daily recaps? Because I, I think my favorite part of writing those are the daily recaps and including like little tweets and videos. The other day, I don't know if you saw it, so Ed Malloy – um, kicked out Clay Thompson out of a game, and then I got to pull the YouTube clip and put it in the uh, daily write-up of. Do you remember the uh, the Timberwolves game? The Don Malloy. Yeah. Great YouTube clip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh right. man, good we, stuff. All right, check them out. Vison.com slash JVT for Kelly, myself, Stephen. Thank you very much. Uh, we will be back uh, early next week as part of Hardwood Handicappers. Talk to you then.